The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome to this Thursday edition of the Source of Truth podcast. Thanks for joining us on this live stream devotional, or whether you're watching it later on video or listening to it in audio format. We just appreciate the opportunity to be part of your day, and our goal is to encourage you and help you and your Christian journey from the Word of God, and the Word of God is truly the source of our encouragement and strength. We're in Colossians chapter 3 still this morning. We're going to look at two more verses this morning that uh, walk through. Now, starting tomorrow, there's a whole list of things that Paul, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, sticks in this letter to the Church of Colossae. In this book of Colossians, a thing is supposed to happen. It deals with families, it deals with um, personal relationships, it deals with working. Uh, There's a lot of very practical things that God says to the church to do. Again, remember, we kind of look at chapter 3 as is Paul talking about the maturity of the Christian. As you're maturing in Christ, these things should be so. And while we need the Holy Spirit, we can't do anything on our own, we understand there's still things we need to choose to do. We choose to do it, and God equips us to be able to do it. It is still a choice in our life in these areas. And that's what we see uh, this morning. So Colossians chapter 3, we're going to start in verse number 16. Colossians 3, 16, the Bible says this, "...let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom." teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Verse 17, And whatsoever ye do, in word or deed, do all in the name of our Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. So let's start back at verse 16, unpack this. He's talking about the idea of letting the Word of God, letting the Word of Christ, or letting the Bible dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Now, when the idea of dwelling richly kind of the opposite of this, let's say someone comes to your house and you say, make yourself at home. And while you mean that, it means make yourself at home in the living room, family room, maybe kitchen. You, you probably would find it abnormal for them to start rummaging through the different bedrooms, um, walk out to the garage. Thing, you know, so there's just certain spots that when you have a visitor over, and it's probably not the place for the visitor to go. So, but that's kind of what we do. When he says that the Word of God dwells in you richly, it means it needs to fill everything. When we have a visitor over, they don't dwell in every part of the house. They dwell in the spots that we've chosen, uh, cleaned, or whatever it be, to be prepared for them. And that this situation, sometimes we do with the Bible. We let the Bible dwell in certain parts of our life. We want our, our marriage to be good, family, we need wisdom in these areas. And so we go to the Word of God and we let it, let it be part of certain aspects of our life. But then... After that, there's other parts of our life we've chosen to kind of set it aside at a distance. And that is what he's talking about. We need to let it dwell in every part of our life. So let the Word of God, Christ, dwell in us richly in all wisdom. Then we're to do this. Now we're to do this to each other, teaching um, and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing grace to the hearts of the Lord. Isn't it interesting that God in the Word of God places in Scripture that we teach and admonish each other through, through music? Uh, music is important, and the, the truth of the music is important. What we see in it's important. But more than that, there's truth in it, teaching. Of course, he's talking about psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. It's just like other sections of Scripture. There's more than one type 
of music, one more type of even Christian music, and he's saying use this variety of music to teach and encourage others. And so what we see, there's a lot more to music than just how we got to sing a couple of songs, or a lot more to music than just preparing for the preaching. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of teaching and preaching in the music, and he's telling us to come together. Well, how can we encourage each other in these type of things? Well, one of the primary things, one is my job is others to teach each other the music, the truth of the music. But you know, one of the greatest ways we do it is coming and singing together in a group. I enjoy, absolutely enjoy when I get around a group of people that love to sing, we grab a guitar, we are at church, whatever, and we just want to sing. I'll go forever. You know, I'll take our, our song services, probably 25, 30 minutes long. I go an hour. That's just, that's me. I love music. And, uh, but that's, there's a part of that where we're encouraging and teaching each other through that aspect. See, God's put it out for worship. God's put it out there as part of what he wants us to do. It's there to encourage us. It is a tool. It, it's worship. It's a tool. It's a source of encouragement. Music is a very powerful part of what we do. And it should be something we understand and what, what music we listen to will influence us. And so we have to be careful what it is that we allow to go into our ears because what's being said in those words will influence our thinking. And we can deny it, but it will. I'm not even going to get on to style and thing. I'm just talking about the words being used can be very, very powerful in influencing us in our direction. So he tells us to do all that. And we finish with grace in our hearts to the Lord. This is a mature person is worshiping and just a chance to encourage each other and love the Lord. Then verse 17, whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. He says, so whatever we do, in word and deed. So anything we say, anything we do. So whatever we do, and then he kind of clarifies, and anything you say, anything you do, word or deed, make sure, he says, you do all of it in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now I want you to think about something. When he, was he, when he talks about the idea of in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, how do we best understand that phrase? Well, let me, let me make this suggestion. Have you ever... I remember my kids were younger. Sometimes we'd send the one kid out and say, go tell everybody else it's time for dinner. So that one child would go outside and say, hey, time for dinner. And then, of course, sometimes the kids didn't come in. Why? Well, because that child is not necessarily in charge. It's just a child giving information, just a sibling giving information. But if I were to say, go out and tell everybody, dad says it's time to come in. Hey, dad wants to come in. That child is going out in the name of the father and everybody else knows that what they've said has been said by the father. And if I don't come in, there's going to be retribution. There's going to be problems if I don't come in because that one child's going out in the name of the father. So what really, there's two things we look at. We need to do it all. We need to make sure that what we're doing in word and deed is approved by the person whose name we go in. You wouldn't go out and say in the name of the Father and do something you know is wrong. If I'm going to do something, I want to make sure that it's something that God would approve so I can go out in the name of God. I can go out and I can, I can live, I can act. And please understand that we can go crazy in a list of things saying, well, this person said this person. Please understand that when we look at the idea of what we can and can't do, if you want to use those phrases, go to the Word of God for that. Make sure it's the Bible that says that and not a, not a person or someone else saying you can't or you should do these. Make sure you're studying the Word of God, uh, studying to find out what it is you can and can't do. But the key is this. I like what one guy said. I was reading a book. He made a good point. If you can do something and you believe that what you're doing, and if you were to stand before God while doing that, if the rapture to happen, you were to stand before God while doing that, and that doesn't bother you, then apparently you have liberty to do it. And that is something that I think is a great way to look at it. So, But I, I guess the key is this. Strive to make sure that our actions, our decisions, our motives um, are biblical. 
They're honoring to God. And I guess the thing is this, we don't know when we're going to see God. And please understand, I'm not saying do everything right just in case God takes you to heaven and then all of a sudden he's going to get in your case. And, and don't get me wrong, I don't, want to be, I don't want to go to heaven right as I'm doing something I shouldn't. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is if I am striving to the best of my ability, no one's perfect, but to the best of my ability, striving to the things that I do that I believe would be honoring to God, I believe it would be okay to do, it also shows a great testimony to my children, to the world, um, to those who are watching. There's a testimony of I'm not perfect, but I'm striving to honor God in my actions. Now, he gives us these two. I'm going to use this as an introduction as we close out this episode. As he gives us these two verses, and he talks about a heart of worship. Then he talks about actions that all we do um, we need to be doing all these things, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. It's a sign of maturity. I'm following God. I'm in obedience to God. Why does he state this? Well, because he starts tomorrow, right? In, ver in verse 17, wives submitting, husbands loving, children obeying, fathers how you treat, servants living, you know, working a certain way, do everything you do heartily in the Lord. All of these different verses, I mean, there's a bunch of different things that we read in some of them in Ephesians. We'll see them again in Colossians. But there's a list of things that he has encouraged us to do. Uh, we can't do those things if our heart is not first desiring to please God in what we're doing. We can't be the husband and the wife need to be the child, the worker, all the things that we're going to read, the, the father, all the things we're going to read in the next couple days, in these next few verses. We can't do those things if our desire is selfish and it's not to please God. So that is kind of the heart we have to look at. Before I move on to Colossians and I really follow what God wants me to do, I need to first make sure that my heart is right with him, that my desire is to do everything in word and deed that honors him. So I would challenge us to evaluate that, something for all of us to evaluate, are things that would hinder me from wanting to do right as a father, as a husband, things that if God told me to do this, I would have a hard time with it. This is what we look at, this is what we evaluate. And it's a challenge for us as we look to the next very specific set of instructions in the next couple of days. Well, thanks again for joining us today and this Thursday. Greatly appreciate just the privilege to be part of your day. I uh, hope this is an encouragement. I know it's a challenge as we look ahead to some things. But please understand, I don't think the next few things we're going to look at are going to be harsh. They're what God has told us, how we can be best in these areas. And I hope you'll join us as we continue through the book of Colossians and really hope it's a help to you. Thanks again for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.